Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Greg Abingdon, the creator, writer, director, animator for Peach Creek. Sir, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. It's, I'm so sorry. It's uh, George, not Greg. Ah, fucking A, man. (laughs) I knew I was going to fuck it up. I knew. At least we got it out of the way at the beginning, right? (laughs) Actually, actually, I'm not going to be able to fix this in post. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop recording and I'm going to start recording this fucker all over because I I told you I wasn't going to fuck up your last name. And I can't, I'm sitting here squinting and shit. I just woke up from a nap not too long ago. My eyes aren't ready. We're going to hit, we're going to, we're going to redo this shit all over again. I you're so, so focused on the last name that when, yeah. when the first name you're like, I'll like, get that right. It's then. like, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up. Um, actually, you know what? I'm just going to keep it rolling from here because fuck it, man. This isn't perfect. George, I apologize. It's not Greg. Maybe we can call you Greg by the end of this, though. So we're just going to keep this shit in there. This is the first time I've ever fucked up an, an easy name. Um, but <laughs> George, not Greg, man. Where are you watching from? Or where are right, you? Well, yeah, I'm from, well, um, I'm living in Sydney um, now. I used to be, if my accent's not a giveaway, I used to be from the UK. Uh, I grew up in a small town there called Sirencester, um, which if anyone's ever seen the film Hot Fuzz, I don't know if you have, yeah. uh, Julian, but it's yeah. basically that. Like they filmed it like 10 minutes away from where I lived. And yeah, I moved to Sydney three years ago and um, been here ever since. One of, one of my favorite scenes, and I use it as a gif all the time in any kind of correspondence or any kind of chatting with my friends, is I can't remember his name, and I'm pretty sure it's not Greg or George, but he's sitting in there, he's got his little hat on, and then he's just pumping bullet or pumping shells into a shotgun and he's clacking and racking he's like shame right it's simon pegg's uh buddy <laughs> yes uh, so any anytime anytime somebody fucks up like i butchered your first name of all names <laughs> i could butcher george i fucked up the easiest one i'll have today but that's neither here nor there we're gonna leave it in and just keep it rolling uh because like i said why not right <laughs> yeah I mean, somebody's gonna get a kick out of it um but uh exactly. nonetheless man um when i started doing this podcast. My focus was mainly, if you couldn't tell, Ninja Turtles, right? That's a huge Ninja Turtle fan. Um, Hmm. But when it comes to cartoons, there wasn't anything bigger on Cartoon Network for me than the Ed Boys, Ed, Ed, and Eddie, right? Um, And how I found you guys' channel or what you were doing, uh, my buddy, my tech guy, Larry, um, he sent me just a random trailer for Peach Creek, right? And I sit here, I'm like, holy shit, is, is Adult Swim taking a serious approach to the Ed Boys? And then I started looking and we hooked, uh, we hooked up on Facebook and we were talking back and forth. And then I was like, man, this dude is doing the Lord's work. He's bringing the Ed Boys. And I've always wanted to know what happens after, right? What happens after? Uh, we didn't get that story, but you have taken it upon yourself to give us a story um, about the Ed Boys. Before we get into Peach Creek, man, I want to know how you saw the Ed Boys for the first time because this was a Canadian-based program 
that many Canadians, when you talk to people like Mike Kubat, which is one of the main writers, and John O'Howard, two of the long-stayed writers for this show, um, they didn't even have presence in Canada. And they're a Canadian-based production company. And you somehow living in UK and Australia got more insight to the Ed Boys than the Canadians (laughs) did that were putting this shit on, man. So how did you come about seeing Ed, Ed, and Eddie? Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy like how, how that happened. Like they're based in AKA Cartoon, they're based in Vancouver, right? Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um but for me, like uh I was quite lucky in that I um had the UK equivalent of cable, which uh at the time was Sky, which I think there's now like four or five different equivalents and versions. But um yeah, on there we we had Cartoon Network, Boomerang, Nickelodeon, all those channels. And as a kid, like um, I didn't play that that many video games growing up. Um, up until I was about thirteen, like my parents didn't really want to give me a, a console or anything like that. Like my mom had an old Sega Mega Drive, but or <laughs> Sega Genesis in the US, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so most of the time, my my um, Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings were spent watching cartoons, and I like you know would watch Dis- Recess on the Disney Channel. I'd watch a bit of SpongeBob on Nickelodeon, but Cartoon Network was like the OG. It was like the the based god of all of them yeah. like it had obviously had Ed and Eddie but it had kid uh codename kids next door uh Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends and a whole host of other cartoons and Boomerang then had like all the old school Hanna-Barbera yeah. stuff like Scooby-Doo and and all that so yeah growing up I was mainly watching Cartoon Network and uh and Boomerang and yeah for me what was interesting about Ed, Ed and Eddie contrast to all the other cartoons like they all were a bit like all the cartoons were a bit you know wacky and zany but ed and eddie was like the only one which kind of had a basis in reality mm-hmm. save for that episode where they broke reality but um <laughs> uh <laughs> that famous one yeah um like you know kids next door had like evil adults and teenagers and the kids like in a in a massive treehouse like fighting against them foster's yeah. home for imaginary friends is fairly self-explanatory but Ed, Ed and Eddie was just a group of kids living in a cul-de-sac just having fun in like an endless summer and yeah. then later on at school like it was something which I think anyone across the globe certainly in the western world could relate to um like me growing up I, I grew up in like a small housing estate so I kind of related to to that like I used to have me and my neighbors used to make films and, and video us like um doing bike races and things like that. And um, yeah, so that was, it was just a show which was instantly relatable and like easy to watch. And I don't know, there was just something like a bit of me in, every, in like every single character. And what what's interesting is when I was growing up, I related most to Double D, but now as an adult, I kind of relate mo- most to Eddie and Ed. Yeah. Um, just cause, you know, Ed being a bit spaced out sometimes and, Eddie like just chasing that hustle um so yeah like it just was a show that stuck with me um for a long long time and plus it was fucking hilarious too oh man it was one it I I think if Nickelodeon because we were talking about pedestals and where we were ranking uh the different channels um, I grew up very similar, uh, just in, in the States, right? So I grew up watching those Hanna-Barbera classic cartoons, anywhere from the original Scooby-Doo and Flintstones to a pup named Scooby-Doo, and that kind of switched into Fantastic Max and Wacky Races. 
And then yeah. it led to the explosion. Boys and girls, if you're not as old as I am, George, before I get started, how, how old are you, George? <laughs> I'm 23. Oh, Jesus Christ. So man. I'm I'm quite young, yeah. Yeah, I, you're you're really <laughs> young. Like when you started naming off some of these cartoons, um, because I'm I'm 31. I'm not too much older than you. Um, but, but that, that, that's a big age difference, especially when you talk about the cartoons you're talking about, because that explosion from what a cartoon from was it like 97 or eight, all the way up to, to 2002 is when they started rolling out. I think uh, when I talked to Fred Seibert, which was the last president at Hanna-Barbera, mm-hmm. and he kind of ushered in this just murderer's row of, of, of creators from Johnny Bravo, Dexter's lab to Ed, Ed and Eddie to insert any cartoon here. Um, mm-hmm. They had just a lineup of just murderers when it was coming to animators, voice actors, writing scripts, all this stuff. And the only thing that I can say that Nickelodeon had um, that, that Cartoon Network did not have was the show called Hey Arnold. This show, if this would have been on okay. Cartoon Network, they would have destroyed 100%. I love yeah this little football head, right? That, that show was so fantastic, right? That's the only thing Nickelodeon had that in my opinion, they could go show for show and Cartoon Network was winning. But if it was like between Hey Arnold and you know, Ed, Ed and Eddie, I would wanna go hide in the closet, stick my head in the ground because I don't wanna vote on that because those two shows were so influential in my, yeah. in, my, in my life. And like you, you said, small area, right? So I grew up on a cul-de-sac when this thing was really popping. And you could kind of pick out every character in this show and you could associate them with one of your friends or somebody in the cul-de-sac. And for me, that's what stuck, right? It was it was a cartoon, but it was fake, but it was real in a sense that I felt or saw almost everything from the crazy wackiness of Ed to the just the scheme and hustler, right? That 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 con man and Eddie and that complete just germaphobe double D. Yeah. Um, it was just a fascinating cartoon. Um, and to hear that you're fucking only 23, right? And you're animating these yourself, correct? Uh, yeah, at the moment, yeah. Uh, when, 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 when I was younger, I wanted to be an animator. I wanted to do this, right? Um, and I could always see something and draw it, no problem. Um, but it was kind of creating was, was the biggest issue. And then when I saw them rolling out SpongeBob, we went to the Nickelodeon studios and uh, I saw these huge just drawing boards that they had at these, they had, the show hadn't rolled out yet, but the, but the artists are down there drawing Squidward and Mr. Krabs and all these crazy characters. And then I see this one guy in the corner and he's just ripping paper off, balling it up and throwing it behind him. And he's going on, he's like, ah, shit, I don't like the way that one looks. He's just doing this. And this is where I found out that I would never, ever, ever be in this, this industry, right? I couldn't, I guess I couldn't create, but I could see and, and, and replicate. And everything he was throwing away, I figured at a young age, I'm like six, seven, somewhere around there, um, maybe eight. Um, I was like, man, my mom would have hung that up on the refrigerator because uh, she thought I did a really good job. And this dude's just tearing all of his artwork down. I was like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. What was it that, that, that what experience or what, uh, what happened? And you thought the light bulb goes off in your head. I want to be an animator for the rest of my life, or I want to do this. What was that, that moment that snapped like, shit, I'm doing this right, right now. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if it was a moment mm-hmm. as such, like, uh, um, like I mentioned earlier, like me and my neighbors, uh, when I was like, 10 11 years old mm-hmm. we we used to have like this really shitty camcorder uh and we'd like film ourselves racing our bikes like around the neighborhood and around the block and everything 
And then at one point, one of us, and to this day, I still don't know who, um, was like, hey, why don't we add a story to this? Yeah. So that's where the kind of passion behind story making, filmmaking sort of happened. So like we did the little filming all together. And then I was kind of just responsible for editing the whole thing. So getting all the video files and putting them together into some something cohesive for an 11 year old using iMovie. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it kind of just escalated from there. So like we eventually made like a Harry Potter parody, which looking back on it was <laughs> shit, but like for 12 year olds, it was like the best thing ever. Please tell me um, you still have, have these files. I gotta, I gotta say, man, uh, <laughs> I, I would love, and I'm pretty sure fans would love to see them too. Um, but do you, when was the last time you've seen it? Do you still have this file of a lot of the older first things you were doing? Oh man, I really hope I do. Last time I saw it was probably six or seven years ago. It was on some old, some old iMac, um, which had like two gigs of RAM and and, oh, and was really really slow. Like it was impossible to do any kind of video editing on it. But like it was all I had, so I was like, I'm just gonna do it. So I think it's probably still knocking about somewhere, or maybe my mum was like for posterity, put it on a hard drive and archived it um i'm hope hoping so. it's i'm hoping it's still around because like yeah it's not funny in the slightest but it's kind of like i remember watching it like six or seven years ago or whatever and being like it's kind of charming it's got something <laughs> heart right to it, you know yeah i don't know but yeah uh, from from there like i studied creative media in high school um and uh uh, it then kind of took a bit of a back seat. Um, I, I kind of tried to keep up like a YouTube scene, but then I kind of, that kind of fizzled out. And it was only recently where the spark kind of came back. So um, who I really, really have to give credit to is an artist by the name of Naja Porter, mm -hmm. um, who now works on Craig of the Creek. Uh, she she did a whole bunch of like fan art and um, uh, yeah, fan art and, and, and pictures of the Eds and Kanker sisters and all of that. And they had like this really kind of unique art style to them. Like this, not gritty, like I hate to grungy, use that right? word, but it, yeah, a little bit more grungy. And yeah. a lot of people make this comparison to gorillas. And I've seen some um, uh, comments on the trailer and, um, and some of the artwork, you know, like, like, which I've, I've posted being like, I'm getting, they're getting a gorilla's vibe from it. And I guess like that was an influence on, on Naja Porter too. And yeah, like I saw one of her artworks on, I think DeviantArt or whatever. And a comment underneath it just said something like, um, I, I would love to see a full series of this in this kind of art style. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to do Naja's art style because that would just be flat out plagiarism. Yeah. Um, so what I did was kind of just go back to, you know, the original art style of the show. And then I just kind of played around and went, okay, what do I like from here? And then what do modern cartoons do? And, and what can I do with my own, put my own twist on it and my own kind of creative flair. And yeah, it took about maybe eight or nine months mm -hmm. of just continuous drawing and redrawing and changing and all of that until I was, I found an art style I was kind of happy with, which kind of had this bold-ish outline, um, which was kind of textured and these quite big eyes, like there's a bit of a gorillas and anime influence going on there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I then just kind of 
like I'd done like some stop motion animation before, but um, uh, never 2D animation, never like hand drawn stuff. So I basically just taught myself Toon Boom, uh, Toon Boom Harmony, which is the standard animation software and however many months. And yeah, I'm still learning it. Like, you know, looking at the, at the trailer and then looking at the first mini side, like just, um, I really hate the walk cycles that I've got of the ads in the trailer where they're walking away from the camera. I hate them with a passion, but they're there now and they're out there for the whole world to see. But and yeah. that's what's that's what's so great, man, because like I fucked up your name. I, I literally have the name sitting right here in front of me. I <laughs> it up. So I don't know yeah. where Greg, I was looking at my phone before. So something might have popped up and it was just like, oh, man, something like that. But it's going to be great because I'll release this one and then I'll listen to it again. Like whenever I finish an episode, I always go back and I don't know how you work, but like whenever I do something, um, I go and I rewatch, I re-listen to it, see where I could have shut the fuck up more. Um, where I could have, you know, let the people talk more, or ask better questions. It's an ever evolving process. Right. And mm -hmm. what I love most is when you put it out there, right. You get to see, and I'm a proponent of not reading the comments uh, because people can just be mean as shit. But luckily for me, you know, I'm such a smaller scale right now that everybody's been pretty, you know, encouraging and nice and, you know, offered, you know, nice words and shit like that. But I get to see where I messed up, where I could have did better. And when I do it again, the next time we talk, I'm going to crush George right out of the fucking gate. I'm not going to mention Greg. Greg is dead after this, right? So you're no longer <laughs> Greg. You are George, right? But, you know, I, I like seeing, you know, where I come from. Um, I am yeah. a, I work in the restaurant industry and, you know, this whole Corona shit has been crazy. I'm pretty sure you guys oh, yeah. understand, right? Um, yeah. So it, it's crazy, right? So what's great about social media is you post a picture and then right when you're feeling at your shittiest time, Facebook's like, oh, hey, remember this picture of this food that you cooked and you did and you thought it was so great. And I look at it, I'm like, Jesus Christ, that looks like shit. And I can yeah. instantly, instantly transport it back to that time. And then I go back and look, I'm like, yeah, but that might've been, you know, my, not my finest moment at that time, or it might've not been that great at that time. However, two, three years down the road when I'm actually doing this dish on a consistent basis, that dish that I'm doing now started because mm. I did not like the way it looked. I did not like the way it tasted. I did not like anything, or I liked very small amounts about that dish. And you finding an insecurity, not an insecurity, excuse me, that's the wrong word, but you finding something you just do not like about something you created. I guarantee the next time you see it, the next time you do it, you're going to crush that fucking walk scene. And me looking at it, dude, I, I like I said, I love everything about this from the art style um, I just watched the mini-sode you guys posted with the Kanker sisters a couple of days ago, <laughs> yeah. I think it was. Um, but I just yeah. I just watched, rewatched it again. It is so, I love, you said gritty is not the right word, grimy, but a grungy. It's so like 90s Seattle grunge scene, like, right? So it, it's yeah. fantastic, man. Um, what, what, I, what I like hearing is what else didn't you like about when you put it out there? You know, you said the walk scenes. Was there anything else you picked on that you really wanted to change or you really want to make sure you crushed it right out of the gate the next time? Um, oh, God. Uh, I promise I really you'll know, yeah. we'll ask you what you liked about it soon. But I always like, <laughs> like how you guys' brains work. And no, no, I'm enjoying these kind of challenging questions. I like it. Um, I think, oh, actually, now that you mentioned it, the the... <laughs> basically every bit which I fucking animated. <laughs> um, I love all the backgrounds I drew. I'm still happy with those. 
Um, but the scene of the the three of them in the van when it when it starts up, like I'm happy with the smoke coming out of the exhaust and whatever, and I'm happy with the van light vibrating when the engine starts and whatever. But I think it's one when Double D turns his head to look at Eddie. Like I knew for when you animate it, you kind of have to exaggerate a little bit. So you know, not sometimes when people turn their head, they'll just do that. But when you animate it, you kind of dip the head down as you look up. So remember to do that. Yeah. But all I did was trace off of the model sheet when I actually um, did the animation of Double D turning his head. So I had a drawing of Double D front, mm -hmm. three quarter and profile. And I just did those drawings, just traced off of them, off of the model sheet that I created and then just tilted one of them down. So then it just kind of did the, the head motion. That's awesome. And it's a really cheap way to do it. And I'm looking back on it. I'm like, why the fuck did you do that, George? Like, it takes an extra 30 minutes to just draw it like a normal human being would in an, like a normal animator. But hey, whatever. Um, Are you a yeah. paper or a digital guy when you draw? Oh, I really wish it was paper. Yeah. Because Danny, the creator of the original show, is a huge proponent mm -hmm. for traditional mediums and, and and doing paper animation and, and doing it the, the old school way i just don't have the facilities or the space yeah to do that i live in a, a really small townhouse and yeah there just isn't enough space to have a full animator's desk and you know hundreds of thousands of sheets of paper and animation yeah. cells and then the actual camera equipment to record each thing I would really love to do that. And if I was to ever, you know, in a fucking dream world, if I was to ever work on, uh, in a show for Adult Swim or even Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or whatever, I would love to go back to that old school method because mm -hmm. this art style, aside from maybe the backgrounds, um, it, it does translate quite well onto traditional mediums. So like I've drawn the characters out on pencil and paper and you know outline the, the marker and whatever and they still look as they should mm -hmm. um but it's just a question of the facilities the the space and and um the money i guess as well like yeah, yeah. so unfortunately yeah danny will if he ever sees the show like I don't know what I don't know what he'd think of it to be honest with you. I don't know whether he'd be flattered that if if someone's continuing the story or upset or whatever. Like, yeah, but I really wanted to do it traditionally, but I just can't. Um, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, right, man? You always start small. You don't ever want to sit out here and just fucking go balls of the wall and get everything you need because there's always these what ifs. Um, yeah. after this, after I hit that little end for end meeting, stay on and then we'll chat. Or if you have to go out, I'll, I'll hit you up and then I'll point you in the direction of, uh, some people that I've talked to and some people that I've worked with, like the two writers from edit and a, and then Fred, and then I can't guarantee anything, but at least they might be able to at least point you in the right direction and they keep up pretty well with Danny. Um, so, yeah. you know, worst comes to worst, man. Hopefully if anything, no, I, I really appreciate you. that. Thank oh you. man, it's no problem. I, yeah. I, you do something, like I said, that I wanted to do so long ago in animation. Um, what were some of your, since we talked about your least favorite parts, what are some of your favorite parts about animating this right now? Like, what have you just like really fell in love with? You said you loved the scenery and the backgrounds and the smoke and then the way yeah. they had to go and twist and turn. But what are some of the things that really pop off the screen? No pun intended for you when you watch it. <laughs> 
Um, honestly, I think I don't know some uh, some characters I really love to draw more than others. Like Marie, for instance, is a is a br brilliant to draw because it's so easy to draw her in comparison to other characters because she's basically an oval shape with a a dip for her chin. Yeah. And that's it, really. Like, Double D, like, he kind of has these weird kind of cheekbone effects going on. And if you get them wrong, it looks completely weird. <laughs> um, so it's not fun drawing him. But if I draw him any other way, it doesn't look like Double D anymore. It just looks like some random guy wearing a beanie. Um, so, yeah, drawing Marie and Eddie as well. Like, Eddie, because of the fact of the shape of his head, it's so much fun to just kind of draw him in in these really exaggerated poses like like the original show like you know they they really contort and distort their their the shape of their heads and bodies and whatever and i wanted to try and keep some elements of that in this show but kind of bring it back a little bit to reality one because i'm still learning as i go mm -hmm. and doing these hugely exaggerated poses is something which takes years of experience to to get to yeah. um like you know you compare season one edit and Ed, Ed and Eddie uh, to season five, like the way in which it's it's animated and the art style is basically is almost completely different. Yeah. So, but but, but yeah, going back to what I like, um, yeah, the backgrounds are a lot of fun to do, and the overall compositing of everything. So my my workflow at the moment is I do all the two D animation in Toon Boom, all of that is hand drawn, and then. Um, hand colored and hand shaded and everything. So it's a bitch of a process to do and it takes yeah. forever. But um, when you composite it into After Effects and you layer it all up with the background elements and, and all of that, it, it, it ends up looking, in my view, it looks pretty good. And I'm like, I'm happy with how that looks now. Mm. Um, like I did a concept art for Lee um, in the trailer where she sat at the table just with a stack of bills around her. Um, Cause in my head canon, their mom isn't really around anymore. Please tell um, me they're $1 bills. <laughs> I wish. Oh no, sorry. As in like, um, <laughs> I, got I mean you. like overdue bills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I got you on the bills, but when I, when I started thinking, please, please make her. Oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Maybe that's a career path. She's probably considered, but um, <laughs> Nah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just compositing that image of Lee with the background elements. And then I, I, cause I'm a big Thunderbirds fan. Um, I don't know if you've seen that show or whatever, but it's, it was really big in the UK in the nineties and early two thousands. Um, it's like this marionette puppet show. Like it was what team America was based off of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got like a clip from that, put it on the TV in the background and blurred it. So only like, I know that it's a, clip from thunderbirds to everyone else it just looks like oh yeah they're just watching like fishbowl three or whatever tv show that or film the canker sisters are watching but in my head i'm like thunderbirds yeah i i love that uh are you a comic book fan at all uh i wish i was i um didn't really grow up with them that much yeah. i used to read a bit of spider-man um but i was so young and the thing is i barely remember any of the comics now like i used to read some spider-man comics and I don't know what happened to them. So, yeah. sorry, like, mate. <laughs> no, you're perfectly fine. But the only reason I bring that up is because I love seeing, looking in the background, there's some books that I've got down here um, where it forces you to look in the background because when you look in the background, you're going to laugh or you're going to chuckle because 
they're taking like you their inspiration or something they really enjoyed and they want mm-hmm. somebody else even if nobody gets it other than them and maybe the person that might have done that it's just a little yeah. cap or a nod to that um i love that i love that type of fan service you guys take something that you absolutely love and you got to bring it in like like i do with all this shit i mean i have nothing to do with any of this stuff other than it makes me feel like a kid again i have fun you know, when I come in here, it, it's like me taking off my adult hat to put on my my kid hat, even though I never fucking take this hat off. This is always the hat I have on. Um, yeah. I, I love seeing that, man. And where did you get that mind? And I promise you, we're going to get to Peace Creek, but I love, you know, talking like the inside form of an animation because I, I wanted to do it and I never did it. Um, so I like seeing somebody that's done it and is doing it and is continuing to grow. I love that process. Um where where did you see that or why did you want to do it for that show the thunderbirds um as in like sorry just just to clarify so adding in like little background gags and um and little, little references which maybe only i, I would get right is that yeah, well not, not so that much right? that you get, but like why would uh why was it that show that that you wanted to put as a nod oh right yeah okay i'm with you now sorry i, I think i just missed half of, half of it um yeah, it, it was, again, like similar to Ed, Ed and Eddie, it was just one of those shows which had a huge influence on my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this huge boom of um, Thunderbirds nostalgia and um, uh, merchandise and whatever, uh, first in the early 90s, so just before I was born, but then there was another resurgence of it in the early 2000s. So the original Thunderbirds show was like from 1965, like it's fucking old now like it's like almost 60 years old and um yeah like the guy who who created it jerry anderson he made a whole bunch of other marionette shows like stingray captain scarlet joe 90 and a few others Mm -hmm. he then transitioned to live action and made uh space 1999 ufo um and uh, then yeah he kind of went into retirement um but yeah, there was this massive resurgence of, of um, just Thunderbirds fandom in, in the early 2000s. So almost every single schoolboy in the UK, like if you're um, like 10 years old or something in like 2004, 2005, um, everyone wanted to get Thunderbirds toys. So you'd have like these little Thunderbirds space rockets and yeah. um, all the craft and machinery they use. And then their home base, which was called Tracy Island, which is like this island in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. And you get that as a playset. So it was just a show which I grew up with a lot. And in the concept art that I created, I just, I needed something playing on the TV in the background just to have the, uh, um, just to give a I bit of almost. light. Yeah, make the world feel alive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I thought it's going to be blurred and I don't want to go out and record my own thing just for a piece of concept art. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'll just put, I'll just get a clip from Thunderbirds and put it in there. And I chose one of my favorite episodes of Thunderbirds called Attack of the Alligators, which is where the premise, so the premise of Thunderbirds firstly is just a, a group of five brothers led by their dad, uh, according to National Rescue, they go out and save people uh, in dire need of help. Um, like if, a, if someone is trapped, um in a submarine at the bottom of the ocean or um an astronaut who's like been disconnected from spacewalk in in well in space um <laughs> that's the whole point <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, and Attack of the Alligators was where a growth serum ended up going into a swamp and causing alligators to grow to a massive size and they were attacking a house uh, and people were trapped in the house. So the Thunderbirds came, International Rescue came and saved the day. So I just got a clip from that episode and just put it in the background. Um, and yeah, it was just a little nod for, for me. So if no one else sees that clip, fine. But when I see it, I'm like, I know it. <laughs> I know. It's just for me. <laughs> I, I, like I said, I, I love that, man. When you guys sit here and like I said, if and when Danny sees this, I really hope he does. Um, you know, I hope that he has that same you know, mindset that you did, this kid fucking sees something that he loves. He, he brings it in. It hits him. It strikes a chord so hard. He's like, I'm going to do this for a living. And, and the first thing I really want to do and get out there or, you know, just dive headfirst into is something that Danny created a long, long time ago. Like I said, like, it's crazy how things like touch you. They reach out between movies and music and, and cartoons and comic books and regular books you know it's crazy what you stick to and I've got to say out of all of that I live in Florida and we have nothing but alligators and they flush meth down the, <laughs> they flush meth down the down the, the the toilets and all that other stuff so we got all these gators that are just like hyped up on meth um shit. around and I can the first thing I think of I'm like oh shit I'm walking to my car and some fucking 40 pound or 40 foot alligators sitting out here. So that's a terrifying thought. Um, yeah. I, I got to imagine that he, that, that people out there are a lot like you when they see something they love or that made them elicit some kind of feeling or emotion at one point in time in their life. And you tipping your cap or you're, you know, you're nodding to two people in that sense, you know, the Thunderbirds mm -hmm. and the Ed boys. Right. So you said earlier, when you were doing uh you, you saw, it was was it nice i just don't want to pronounce her name wrong too what was the uh, uh, nausea i think uh, it's pronounced nausea i i that's how i pronounced it in my head uh and i hope i'm pronouncing it right i haven't heard it spoken but yeah it's n-a-double-j-a -A, uh nausea um porter who i now i know works on craig of the creek now um but uh yeah like I, I really just have to tip my hat off to her because just the artwork that she's done is incredible. And there's a very good reason why she got hired to work on Craig of the Creek. Like the the poses which she's put them in uh, and the her sense of color mm. is fucking amazing. Yeah. Like she is incredible at doing color. Um, like it's a really subtle thing. Like it's one of those things where you don't consciously notice, but you subconsciously notice uh, color in storytelling and film and whatever. And she yeah. uses it impeccably. Like it's, she's fucking amazing at what she does. So, yeah. Well, if anything, I hope you pronounced her name incorrectly as well. So that way <laughs> we can kind of- like, like poetry and rhymes. Yeah, you know, it's, it's bonding <laughs> if nothing else, right? Um, yeah. So when you got the, did you, you came up with the idea, I'm assuming for Peach Creek, right? Yes. So what was, what was that like? Or where were you at? Do you remember like, ah, oh, I'm just sitting here, I'm eating eggs and bangers or fucking bacon and, you know, hash browns. What <laughs> you doing? You're like, you know what? Ed, Ed and Eddie, five years later, that's a story we're going to tell, or I'm a story sure. I'm going to tell. And where was that moment at? Yeah, definitely. So um, there is another thing I need to 
cover about the edit and Eddie five years later. Um, so I'll do that second, but first in terms of getting the idea, um, again, it was mainly from that comment on uh, that, uh, the Naja Porter um, artwork. And the, the drawing was of, um, oh, did I just turn off my camera? Quite possibly. I see a Sorry, I, I was trying to get a hair off of my keyboard and I accidentally pressed the space bar. Um, yeah, so that, that drawing was of three heads in the junkyard just sat on a couch. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, the comment there was like, I would love to see Ed and Eddie, a sequel done in this art style. And I was like, I would love to do that. Yeah. Like no one else, like no one else was doing it at, at that point, so far as I knew, um, which is something I'll cover in a second because someone was working on an Ed, Ed and Eddie sequel. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, from there I was like, okay, well, the logical progression of the Eds would be from them to go from you know junior high to high school. Like it would seem weird to kind of miss out five or five to ten years of their life, and now you know all of a sudden they're all like above the age of thirty and whatever. Like you know, Eddie's working as a used car salesman, double D estate. <laughs> um, you know, a, 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 a professor or, or, or a chemist, but with dreams of being a, an adventurer, explorer, or whatever. Like it would still be a great story, yeah. But like people would just be asking, but wait, what the what the fuck happened for fifteen years? Like, did they graduate? Like. Who, who went who went to university like what happened yeah. um so from my point of view the, the main thing was like you know to keep all these characters in the same location like all the same houses that they're living in um it would only make sense for them to stay in, you know be in high school because mm -hmm. um, it'd be highly unlikely for every single character of Ed and eddie to still be living in the cul-de-sac in the trailer park peach creek as a whole 15 20 years later yeah um maybe some but not all um which then leads me to my next bit which is someone was working on an ed ed and eddie high school sequel mm -hmm. um a uh, girl uh, by the name of i only know her online name uh vampire meerkat mm -hmm. and she had been working on an ed ed and eddie high school uh sequel but it went quiet. It went dead. Like she started work on it in like 2009 or something, yeah. like just after the finale aired. And she released like a couple of kind of meme-ish videos of the Ed boys, like one where Double D loses his hat. And then he kind of does this uh, dance to, to a music track that she put together. And, uh, and it was like a, a remix. Yeah. Um, and then one of them doing... Um, uh, getting into the van and um, dancing along to What Is Love. <laughs> so all three of them just going, What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. All of that. Um, but then the project just went quiet. Um, so, uh, and I don't know if it was subconsciously in the back of my mind, but I'd forgotten all about it. Yeah. Like we hadn't heard, we hadn't heard anything from her since like 2000 and, 14 maybe yeah. where she posted an announcement saying like it's been eight years since i've announced it and nothing's happened mm -hmm. and then that was it it was just radio silence again um i then posted the uh peach creek trailer like i've been working on the thing for a year and uh, she had got wind of it and had uh, posted a comment asking you know why i'm doing it based uh the ads based in high school um 
And obviously I can understand why she'd be a little bit miffed yeah. or peeved over, you know, the fact that it seems like, you know, it's a similar idea or whatever. And I, I did my best to try and clarify that, you know, the story which I have outlined um, uh, and the, the character progression I've got is completely different to what she had written down. Yeah. Um, like I, like she'd written out an episode list and posted it on like a, a, a wikia page. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like the only similarity between uh, what I've done and what she's done is that the Ed's fixed up the van in the junkyard, yeah. which to it's me a seems problem. like a fairly logical thing for them to do anyway. Yeah. Like they had that van in, you know, a lot of different episodes and it's quite a big kind of like it was only in like four or five episodes but it's still quite a big um icon yeah of the show um like you know when you think of the ads in the junkyard you think of that van yeah just like um, scooby and the gang you think of the mystery machine you know you don't exactly even if they're teenagers if scooby and shaggy is teenagers and they have this yeah. they're not gonna let it go 10 12 15 years down the road they're still gonna have this van because it was a huge part of their child, their, you know, their, their teenage years and even their adult years. That's something that they will never, ever get rid of. And it's only logical to bring that with them, you know? So I a hundred percent agree with you on that one. I mean, it's, it's yeah. logical, right? So definitely, definitely. And yeah, uh, like I said, I think she's quite um, peeved off over, over that. And I, and um, you know, I, there was some minor accusations, not directly from her of theft, um, mm-hmm. which again, like it's just, the like some of the negative comments on the video which is totally fine um but but yeah uh i feel that peach creek is gonna go its own way and if she ever is able to finish um her idea of the ads in high school it more power to her she you know it's her that's her story that's her um head canon i guess uh, and I've got mine. Like I, I did, I've got the story which I want to go down, and she's got her own. And I mean, there's always going to be that kind of thing where people are going to compare the two shows, particularly if she ever does release an episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, that's just where things are with that. Um, and the other person who did like some Ed Fan and stuff was a guy who I've been in chats with anyway, called Akeem Lawrenson, yeah. who he he released like these. Um, adult ed adult ed boy videos um uh and of rolf uh of songs which he's created called where like one being where did all the love go yeah. which has like two or three million views on youtube it's insane like it's uh, it's brilliant as well i love it it'd be it'd be fun if everybody could just cohabitate in the sand the ed boy <laughs> um exactly when i sit here and think about this stuff i i like I love the idea you were just talking about with the guy that you were in um, contact with and they're doing it a little bit further down the road, you said, right? Like a little deeper in age. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And and that's his head cannon and it's fine. Like, yeah, it's not biggie. you too. I mean, it's probably a stupid idea, but it'd be fun to see you too. Um, did, did you ever watch the Ninja Turtles, the one they had on Nickelodeon not too long ago? I know you said you weren't too much into comics, but you might've caught this cartoon. I did watch some Ninja Turtles on Nickelodeon. Um, I could, I can't remember which one it was, though. I, I know it was a cartoon one, but... Oh, it's, it's yeah. perfectly fine. But they had an episode where... So in 2012, they relaunched the Turtles when they sold it from... Uh, when, when Peter pretty much signed it away. Peter Laird, co-creator. Um, him and mm-hmm. Kevin Eastman created the Ninja Turtles. Um, so he had 
the last of the rights and he sold them to Viacom, which is a Nickelodeon subsidiary or vice versa. Um, and then they rebooted the Ninja Turtles, right? So they did this very CDI based turtle. Um, but what they've done, especially in the last 10 years, really, with, with the Marvel movies and the DC TV shows and cartoons and all of these crazy things, is they've brought back, like what you did with the Thunderbirds, they brought back an initial, you know, uh, love that they had. So if they had Super, or no, we'll take Flash, right? So the Flash CW series, they brought back John Wesley's ship, which was the original Flash, and he was Barry Gordon, which is modern day's Flash dad. So it was them tipping the cap or nodding to what came before them, right? And I think it would be a fantastic or at least fun idea that if you and this guy, you kind of do one episode, but you got both of them in there, and then you bring the Ed boys back, and it's one of those, remember, they're sitting at a campfire, they're tossing back a couple beers, and they're talking about, you remember that time, and then it flashes back to your ed boys going through high school and it kind of mixes and mashes i don't know i just think it'd be yeah. a fun collaboration um oh definitely definitely and like like i said yeah i, I really do want to work with akeem in some capacity because like the work he's done is incredible as well like the the story he's put together for the ed boys and everyone like he's quite mature and adult and i and um there there's some death involved <laughs> But like this whole idea of like, you know, like an Ed's multiverse or whatever, it'd be pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just got to get the the other, the vampire, I can't remember which vampire, whatever, but it doesn't matter. Man, don't read the comments. Don't read the negativity. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Because like I said, you're on to something here. Uh, I think the last video count on the last one was a few hundred thousand views already, correct? So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. You're fucking doing something right. You're hitting a chord. You're striking a love string. You're doing something here. And, and us fans of not only this franchise, but like I said, I found you because my friend sent me a clip that ended up in his playlist. And I had just gotten done talking to a few people. And he sends me this. And I'm like, is, is this what they're doing? I, I legitimately thought Adult Swim had picked this up. Because it's, it's something that could... It's got legs, right? And this shit can go. And there's so many stories that somebody on the outside looking in when it talks about Ed, Ed, and A, right? You, you're on the outside looking in from what Danny created. And then you had a vision or you had an idea, you had thought about these guys, right? And it would, like I said, it would just be a fun continuation if we just take little segments, right? It doesn't have to be the same. It can all be different. Everybody's got different ideas like you do. Um, what has the response been, at least for you? I mean, like I said, a few hundred thousand views on all of your, all these videos you're doing. Um, what has been like the most overwhelming response as far as fans coming out and talking to you? Um, honestly, yeah. Like the, the big word is definitely overwhelming. Yeah. Like when I posted it, I, I, the optimist in me was like, I'd love to, you know, maybe break, you know, 10,000 views on the videos. I'd be like, I'd be happy with that. And you know, then it kind of you know started to reach that point. I was like, oh, cool, cool. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, it just kind of blew up. Like I just woke up and the video had reached like you know a hundred thousand views. The 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 um, firstly the minisode and then the trailer. And I and it just kept on climbing and climbing and climbing. And I'm like looking at the counters, just like refreshing the page, and they'd be jumping up in the hundreds like every five to ten seconds or whatever. And I'm like holy fuck this is crazy and yeah it was just absolutely astonishing that 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 had happened i don't know if like the youtube algorithm had just gone 
yep, you're in, you're in luck today, George. Um, or, or, or if it was like a word of mouth thing, like genuinely have no idea. Like I posted the videos on, on the Peach Creek uh, Facebook page uh, and on Twitter as well. But aside from that, like I don't have a big following on Twitter and the page on Facebook only had like at the time, like a hundred likes or whatever. So yeah, it's just crazy how, how much it skyrocketed. And like, you know, there's been a, a, an overwhelming amount of positivity and um, people who are so, so happy want to see these characters back, but to see this, see them in like something which is completely different to what's been done with them before. Mm. Um, like what I really wanted to try and achieve is to get this kind of sense of uh, refreshing change, yeah. I guess. Like you still have the elements of the old art style and the old show, but for this to stand on its own. So I wanted my, my target, my goal when making it was to have not only fans of the original show be able to watch it, but also new people who've never seen the original show watch it and still enjoy it and still get what's going on. Yeah. Like that's what I really wanted to do. And I tried to, you know, keep thinking about that when I was uh, writing the overall story, writing the, the uh, screenplays and scripts and um, yeah, just designing everything. Um, but yeah, like there've been a huge number of uh, positive, supportive comments uh, and people who are just excited to see more. Yeah. Like even like today, like, you know, two or three weeks after the last video I posted, there's still people commenting, being like, can't wait for the next episode, can't wait for the next thing. And I'm like, I'm 100% working on it. Yeah. Um, it obviously just takes a, a, a little bit of time. But um, yeah, it's just astonishing how, how much positivity there is. And yeah, I mean, there've been a couple of negative comments and there've been ones where, you know, it's just people trolling being like, you know, oh, this is shit, you're shit. Why are you fucking doing this, you piece of shit? And things like that, I don't get to me because it's just, you pull that mic down and you tell these motherfuckers to shut the hell up and fuck off. That's what you call exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for those for those morons, anyway, I don't really give them much care or attention because I know it's just some sad guys like you know trying to get a rise out of me. And I'm like, I don't, I've got too much shit going on in my life to to worry about, you know, some some idiot on YouTube to for me to care about them and there have been some people who've given like legitimate criticism and critique and i've you know responded to those and and try to you know have a good dialogue with them and most of the time it's been good and you know like we've been able to communicate fine with one another so yeah overall it's always been really really good like because the people commenting the people that you know yeah I want to make sure that the the most of the audience is happy, and it, this is one of those shows where not everyone is going to be happy with how it goes, and that's that's totally fine. Like, there's there's nothing you can do in this world that'll make a hundred percent of people happy. So exactly, like I said, keep doing what you're doing because, like I said, a few hundred thousand. But I was doing the same thing when I was sitting like, oh man, when uh when when I had released my first episode, and it's nowhere near the hundred thousand mark. It's nowhere near the thousand mark. But there was times I jumped up one, two, like, oh, shit. And then I get my first comment. And he's like, oh, they like it. Boom, 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 boom. And then, you know, I posted it on uh, on our Facebook page. And then somebody had said something negative about it, right? Had nothing to do with, like, the episode. He's like, oh, this just sucked. And I was like, okay, 
let me hit reply real quick. Let me suck how, man. And then, and then it's like, it just sucked. All of it sucked. I'm like, you didn't find one thing you liked. And he's like, nah, just overall it sucked. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not going to get any constructive criticism out of this. Um, I had fun during this interview. I got to talk to a hero. They laughed at some of the stuff I said. So they obviously were having a good time or if not, they were faking it until they made it and they made me feel good about faking it if they were, right? So at yeah. the end of the day, man, you're doing something that you really love. You're doing something that you that's fun, right? And you're doing something that a majority of people that watched this show as a kid or an adult or what have you, insert age here, you're striking, like I said, third, fourth fucking time now. You're striking a fucking heartstring with us, right? This yeah. has been so fun, right? Um, when you were talking about writing all of this out, the idea you had, how long did it take you to flesh out the entire story of what you wanted to say? Fuck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, for context, so I started working on this in late August, 2019. Mm -hmm. That is it's insane. been, that is insane. It, yeah. I've been working on this for over a year now. Um, like initially it just kind of started out with, you know, like I saw, like I said, Naja Porter's uh, post on DVR and I just started out drawing the characters over and over, like figuring out different ways to draw them, whatever. And then little ideas would come into my head of like little, snippets of the story like little elements and chunks which kind of like like jigsaw pieces they're just kind of coming in and some of them may be from the wrong puzzle so we just get those out of the way but some of them are from the puzzle i'm trying to make and from there i'm like okay i've got these little elements little things i want to include and how can i then kind of flesh a story around this like and i looked into the characters being like this character i want them to reach to achieve this goal at the end of it or I want them to progress in this way at the end of, of this batch of episodes. How do they get there? Are there any other characters who are involved in this story and their growth? And yeah, it kind of went from there. And it was just kind of fine tuning and tweaking the story until it kind of became something which I was kind of happy with and, and um, something which I felt was reasonably cohesive and didn't have any uh, continuity errors. Yeah. Cause that was the main thing I was worried about, like being like, okay, well they mentioned this in this episode, but they're talking about something different in this episode. How can I make these two things relate? And yeah, it was just all these little bits of fine tuning. I'm sure I've missed some stuff and there'll be eagle eyed people being like, Oh wait, no, that's wrong. Um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> um, but yeah, writing that whole story, um, probably took about six to seven months to finalize um and again like it was being worked on thank you yeah it was being worked on at the same time as 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 the art style for the show and the character drawings and background design and things like that mm -hmm. and even then like after i posted um uh the first character lineup thing that the first one i ever posted had an older character model of uh double d mm -hmm. so in some posts out there on the web like it still has that older character model of double d and i'm looking at it i'm like why the fuck did i post that one i posted the wrong one and that was the one that gained the most traction like i've fixed i fixed it now on the official page and the twitter and youtube and whatever but yeah it's just all these little things which still get changed even after like promo material had gone out like the background design like i initially went for this kind of sketched 
storybook look mm-hmm. to it. So everything was kind of like as if it had been hand drawn and hand sketched out. And I could have done it with smooth lines, but I wanted to get this kind of rough around the edges feel. And I posted like, you know, some concept art of those backgrounds to the official Peach Creek page and things like that. And then I woke up one morning and just went, that looks like shit. <laughs> so I ended up changing every single background. And I had drawn all the backgrounds already for episode one and the first mini-sode. Um, and for episode one at the moment, there's probably about 90 to 100 backgrounds alone. Um, so I had to redraw all of those to get this new art style where it's this kind of pseudo 3D sketchbook look still. Yeah. So like, there's element, there's a lot of shading going on and all that, but you still have all that line art and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, um, I can't even remember what the bloody question was now at the beginning. No, it was... Um, uh, run away. <laughs> no, no, it's perfectly fine. It was just like, what was all going to this how long it took you to write this uh oh right that was it sorry yeah I'm oh, it's perfectly fine, man. when you're doing all of this and let me tell you something when i've talked to some of the guys i've talked to they're telling me they just do the voices right so the voices they would shoot two years you know back in the day a year and a half year at mm-hmm. like the earliest and then the animators would go and animate all of this shit yeah. so i'm assuming you've been doing this for years at this point now you come to tell me you've only been doing this shit for a year. That is yep. insane, man. What does a normal day, do you sleep? I mean, I know I don't sleep. I get four or five hours of sleep, you know, not bragging. It sucks, right? I just can't fall asleep or stay asleep. Um, what does a normal day, like when you wake up, you know, you're always not going to talk to some nice American guy, right? So what do you do on a day-to-day basis? Man, we might have lost George. George, you still there? Hoping is crossed. Nah, man, it's not going to die. We got some good internet back now, boys and girls. Um, but what was we talked about? It took you know you said four to six months to write to write the story, the script. Uh, yeah, yeah, four to six months or so. So it's um, uh, yeah, it was kind of fleshing it, fleshing it out, and and then I've um kind of broke it down into the chunks. Like I knew that each episode would have to be roughly. Uh, 10 to 15 minutes long and I'd be like okay where would be a good place to end this part of the episode and then what the next one would begin and kind of we do this um, linear progression so like the first three episodes for instance all take place like within two to three days so they're all kind of one after the other and then there's a bit of a gap and then episode four episode five and and, uh, etc and I don't really want to go too much into spoiler territory but but uh um yeah like there's a lot of common themes which are explored throughout the entire show and in key episodes as well um right the key one which i really wanted to uh, highlight and look into was the theme of abuse because mm-hmm. that was something which like was the main driving factor of the finale of the original show mm-hmm. like eddie's brother physically abusing the poor kid and having done that for years and shaping eddie into who he is yeah and I like this idea of um, abuse cycles. Like you try and break this thing, but because of what's happened to you and the trauma you've gone through or the trauma Eddie's gone through, it's difficult for him to, to break this cycle and be a better person because it's all he knows he's ever known. Yeah. 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 Um, that is, that is something that is just so not talked about. Right. And, 
it, it's all about who you vote for or who you pray to or you know mm-hmm. what you believe in what side you're on right so that's issues like this that were there's not very many cartoons that would introduce something back in the day especially now that has like some real connotation to it, some real meaning to it, some real heart or some shit that nobody talks about because everybody's afraid to talk about. Yeah. So, you know, I'm glad there's people out like out there like you that want to take this story and spin it into a different light where you can actually flesh out these things. And it's not just, you know, you talking down to a kid or, you know, you looking at a kid any differently than, than what they were first. Right. So it's you're talking to somebody like a person, you're getting yeah. some, you know, dark, things dark ideas or dark you know shit that actually happens out there man um what was the thought process going into that one i mean you obviously said it was his older brother um but what was it what was it that stuck out about that that you really want to make sure you brought back in and highlighted and talked about yeah um i get a great question um i think it was just something which I, I kind of noticed in the in the original show like this kind of varying levels of abuse that kids suffered like be it physical or mental or, or whatever like there were obviously like a lot of kind of toxic ish relationships which characters had both on screen and with off screen characters as well that you know while hinted at in the original show um it's something which could really be explored um for an adult audience because you know, almost everyone who grew up watching the show now is at least, you know, above the age of probably 20, 21 or whatever. And, you know, a lot of people would be, you know, mid twenties, early thirties, like yourself. And uh, the last show, which dealt with similar themes like that, of you know, which is an adult cartoon would probably be Bojack Horseman. Fantastic. Um, which, yeah, which I fucking loved that show. Yeah. It was just like, Obviously, like it was quite a dark kind of show, but it was hilarious at the same time. It was so funny. And I wanted to have a show similar to that where we we look into these slightly darker themes, mm-hmm. but also, you know, keep the humor. Like Ed, Ed, Eddie was a show where it had a zany amount of slapstick and wordplay and puns and some really clever writing, clever humor. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that myself, but I'll fucking try my best. And I wanted to get those two things together. Yeah. Um, like other examples were like, you know, Ed's parents, um, you know, praising his little sister, Sarah, and like making her like this spoiled princess. And then Ed is living in a fucking basement and Sarah gets a huge room all to herself. And then his parents physically took the stairs away when he was grounded. And that's some dark like, shit. <laughs> that's fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> So, like, I obviously made a great gag in the original show, but you look at it and you're like, could you, imagine, could you imagine that happening? Like, I just come over to your house back there and I just take your stairs. So you can only live in half of your house. That is some, it, it's some shit. Like, I, you think about this shit so deeply and I fucking love, that's what I like. That's what I was talking about earlier with the comments, man. If you read the comments, hopefully they're all good and you don't see any negative ones to put you in a bad headspace. But seeing somebody's perspective, right? I look at one thing one way and you look at a thing one way and then yeah. you make it sound so much more eloquent. I was like, he got his stairs <laughs> taken. You're like, no, oh, thank you. up here. he was down here. He was the fucking troll of the family, not in the sense of the internet troll, but he was the guy that had hid under the bridge. And yeah. like looking at that now, I was like, I never thought you're a smart motherfucker is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <George."> 
This oh, is fantastic. Thanks, man. Oh. Um, what was some of your favorite characters to like really like, obviously you said you connected more with Ed back in the day or double D, excuse me. And now you feel more like Ed or Eddie, you know, a combination of those two. Um, so yeah. taking your favorite characters out, right. What were some of the fun characters or right. And what were some of the characters that you, you probably didn't like, but you're just sitting here scratching your head. Like, man, what would they really say? Or was everything yeah. just like putting on shoes? It was easy as hell. Oh, it, I wish it was easy. No, <laughs> um, like it's easy to like you can write the characters, but but my my girlfriend, like I said, I showed her a couple of the scripts, and she was like, "George, this just sounds like you." <laughs> like for all the characters, like you know, Rolf would be speaking, and she's just like, "Yeah, George, this is just your voice again." So I had to go back and rewrite stuff over and over. So certain characters like Rolf and Ed are actually quite hard to write for because you have to like, you know, obviously make them sound like teenagers, but they're still quite quirky and yeah. random and different characters. And, and, and the way they speak totally different to how someone like double D would speak where he's, you know, very much like articulate and wants to pronounce every single syllable and every single word. And, <laughs> and, and, use as many big words as possible in a sentence because you know he's smart and 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 thinks it makes him sound better or whatever whereas ed is just like you know early season kevin from the office um yeah so they were probably a bit hard to write for um double d is quite fun to write because like it's just always fun to like write out a huge tangent because he would just go on forever about something really stupid and rant about a really um, petty thing. And then you can just have Eddie being like, yeah, shut the fuck up at the end of it. And it's, it's always a great little bit of dialogue to have between the two of those two, between those two. Um, but yeah, it, it, it can be a challenge to write um other some characters more than more than others for sure it's funny you sit there and say that because like you know looking at a cartoon obviously most cartoons are uh <clears throat> excuse me most cartoons are you know directed towards kids so to see something that's cartoons and you, you know where these kids come from and then you're, you're starting to hear them say you piece of shit or man shut <laughs> the fuck up double d you never shut up man just shut the fuck he just grabbed him just shaking him shut up shut up shut up we're gonna do this you know and the same thing could go back and forth with eddie as well you know yeah. so it's crazy seeing a progression we might not see the colors of their clothes change or they might wear the same t-shirt right so it's that same style but it's nice to see the character and, and the way they think or the way they present themselves or the way they act or interact with other characters it's nice seeing a growth right you know like man yeah. you probably would say this because he looks like that type of guy that's just smashing monster energy drinks on a daily basis right he's <laughs> that guy right so it, it's exactly nice you guys are taking an updated evolved form version um of mm. this um, 100 percent. yeah you talked about your your favorite characters and who you resembled the most and then who you really had the trouble with right who was the character that you just slipped right into? Not so much the Ed boys, but who was one of the, those side characters or those supporting characters that you really just latched onto? Oh, possibly Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I he like he does take a bit of a backseat 
in the first few episodes and there's a very good reason why he does that and it becomes apparent in the story mm. um and he becomes very prominent in the later half of the show and the guy who, who voices him uh, a brilliant guy by the name of connor chili he um has done a fucking stellar job uh, at, at doing johnny's voice and i just like this idea of having like you know johnny having these kind of social phobias and so- social anxieties as a kid and you know his best friend was a piece of wood he's now grown out of that like plank to him still means a huge amount but like you know it's something where he really wants to try and distance himself from that yeah and to try and be his own person um and it was fun to kind of yeah it was it was it felt reasonably easy to to kind of slip into that mindset of wanting to distance yourself from something and do something by yourself and be you know i guess well regarded for that mm-hmm. um and yeah i know you mentioned not to mention the head boys but eddie is also a great one to relate to and and and, and ride as well because while uh, i myself am probably not as much of a hustler as eddie is and i certainly don't want to try to be um like eddie has you know a, a lot of um interesting quirks and nuances some of which i uh, feel as if i have myself so being able to slip into that side of myself while writing for him mm-hmm. um it almost feels therapeutic in a way and yeah it's it's just it's just interesting to write for him as a as a result of that i think i mean like like i said i've had for what you have released and what we have talked about i'm so pumped to see this um you know we're, we're, i've i've kept you a little bit longer than i usually like keeping people um but i was having that's some, all right no problem <laughs> I, was having, I was having a lot of fun getting like just see your side of the work or how your brain thinks man uh obviously we couldn't do it all of this um, in the time we really allotted for it. So I'd love to have you back on down the road and we can talk more in depth once you got a lot of more stuff done. Cause like I said, it, a fucking year to do all of this when it would have took somebody and a whole an animation studio two yeah. years to animate and all of this shit to put it out there. And it's you and a few people, man. It, it, it's fantastic between the voice acting and you're doing the artwork, the animation, you're writing, you're directing, you're producing all of the shit. You know, so yeah. there's only a few people take, Take notice of that right now. In this point in time, man, you were at a point in your life where you were, I don't want to say just starting out because I don't want to diminish anything you've done before, but you were at a point where you're starting out, right? Yeah. I can't wait to see George Abingdon 30 years down the road, 40 years down the road. Hopefully I'm around long enough to see that, man. It is so fascinating to get to talk to somebody like yourself that you're fucking 23, man. You've got so much room to grow and you got so much time right to do the greatest shit you could possibly do man and, and you're starting here i can't like i said i just cannot wait to see what's going to come down the road with this show but also with your career man um this has been a fun talk um like i said i met you just by messaging you through facebook so with that being said man where can people find you and find out what you're doing and really find and experience peach creek the way they really should be yeah. Well, firstly, thank you so so much for, for for all that the kind words. That's yeah, that means a lot. 
So thank you. Yeah. Um, and again, I have to give a huge shout out to all the voice artists and uh, uh, I have been working with a couple of animators. None of their work's been published yet, but huge shout out to them to like, yeah, incredibly talented people and super honored and stoked to have them on board. Um, I think to find me or to find Peach Creek, um, Twitter and Instagram are probably the best things. Um, they both have the exact same handle. So on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me personally at, at George Abingdon. Um, and Peach Creek is at Peach Creek Show. Uh, I couldn't get at Peach Creek, unfortunately. Uh, I think uh, someone else beat me to the punch, but I got it on YouTube. So yeah, you're winning. Yeah. You're winning, right? So um, whenever yeah. <laughs> I release this, I'll make sure you know, I send you a copy just in case you could look it over and change anything or tell us what you do or don't want. Right. I always like giving that option to people. Um, sure, I, try sure. to, yeah. I try to edit as least amount I can because it's not me. It's my buddy, Larry. This dude's a godsend, man. He's like one of my oldest friends, one of my best friends. Um, and like this dude is awesome. Like, I just send him shit. He chops it up, uh, <laughs> some new stuff in there. Not so much the interview. It's just like he's chopping photos and doing all this crazy stuff because I am completely illiterate when it comes to technology, right? I can barely yeah. do this. And then I just hook up a microphone and I talk to people like yourself, man. Um, it has been fun. I can't wait, like I said, to see more. Um, any chance I get, man, I'm gonna plug the shit out of this show. Um, I'm also, whenever this video comes out, I'm working like two weeks behind from when I shoot. Um, but sometimes I try to, to, um, coordinate with other people. Like if you're posting, you know, a new video, a book or something like that, it'll direct traffic that I have towards you. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm going to release in about two weeks. Um, and like I said, I'll send it over to you. Um, yeah, that sounds and, fantastic. Thank like you. I said, this is, this has been fun, man. You could have been doing, you guys could have been doing great. anything in the world other than doing what you're doing now, but you chose to spend a little bit of time with me. Um, anything else you, you really want to say, George? I mean, uh, I got the, I got the name right at the end of the episode. So I guess you it's did. a great. <laughs> so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. bit of progression. <laughs> Every um, <laughs> no, Julian, it's been, yeah, it's been a fucking honor. It's been great. Thank you so, so much for having me on. Like it, it, it feels so weird. Like me, you know, being a small time dude, like, just I made an animation because it's a show I love and it's done out of passion, not profit. Um, and, and to yeah, firstly get such an overwhelming reception, but then, you know, to be invited by you as well to, to this podcast is insane. Like the guests you've had on and then you got little old me um, really, really appreciate it. So <laughs> thanks a lot, mate. I, I, I'm so far when it comes to podcasts and down the totem pole. I hope one day, you know, like I, I loved what you just said, man passion, not profit. Cause that's really why I'm doing this. Shit. I'm having so much fun just talking to people from all walks from voice actors, animators like yourself to have had musicians on. I've had just my, one of my best friend or one of my oldest friends at this point, man, he, he's just a bodybuilder now, you know? So it's, wow. it's, I like talking to people that have interesting shit to say or things that I've seen that have listed some kind of emotion that you felt way back in the day when you saw the Ed boys for the first time, man. Um, like I said, I can't thank you enough for coming on here. I can't wait to do it again. Um, we can go a little bit longer in format and talk more. Um, cause by that point in time with the way you're producing and working and writing and all this other shit, you're going to have an entire 14 seasons out by the time you know, the next year rolls around. Right? So, um, yeah. I can't wait to do it again. Uh, yeah, man, that that's been it, man. I've been Julian. He's been Greg. This has been what's in your head podcast. Uh, <laughs> good night, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you.
Thanks again for checking out the What's In My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.